The CBF podcast is presented to you by Fuller Seminary. Fuller Seminary's MA in Theology and Ministry offers a practice-focused theological education. Study online or on campus and learn from Fuller's seasoned scholar practitioners and apply what you're learning to your own context. Whatever your ministry goals, Fuller Seminary's MA in Theology and Ministry will help you take the next step in your vocation. For more information, visit fuller.edu backslash M-A-T-M degree. That's fuller.edu backslash M-A-T-M degree. Since 2016, CBF has brought you over 100 episodes of interviews with authors and practitioners for conversations that matter. These stories of creativity and innovation have garnered weekly support from around the United States and the world. We are inviting you, the listeners, to join us in connecting with the podcast. Become a monthly listener supporter and receive some perks, including name recognition on the podcast, questions for upcoming guests, free books from the podcast, joining the podcast for an interview, and a VIP experience with the General Assembly podcast guest. There are five levels of listener support starting at $5 per month. For less than the cost of a pumpkin spice latte, you will be featured by name on the weekly podcast episode. For more information and to join the community of listener supporters, visit cbf.net slash podcast support. This is the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship's Conversations. We are bringing you stories from across the fellowship through interviews with people doing groundbreaking work and renewing God's world. Ideas, stories, and innovation from ministers, authors, and practitioners from across the fellowship and beyond. Hey, podcast listeners, this is your host, Andy Hale. We are thrilled to bring you another year of CBF's podcast with a cavalcade of brilliant guests such as Father Tom Reese, Washington Post's Sarah Pulliam Bailey, Mark Charles, Soong Chen Ra, and Matthew Paul Turner. And that's just skimming the surface in the first few months. As you know, last fall, we launched the Podcast Listener Support Project. This is an opportunity for you to connect closer with the podcast and premier guest. By becoming a podcast supporter, you can join me on an interview with premier guests such as Walter Brueggemann, Sarah Bessie, and Brian McLaren. So check out cbf.net backslash podcast support. And now, on to our conversation. This week's CBF Podcast Conversation is brought to you by Equal Exchange. Equal Exchange is a 33-year-old fair trade organization that works with small-scale farmers in 20 countries to bring you organic coffee, tea, chocolate, cocoa, and nuts. Serve high-quality coffee during fellowship that matches your congregation's values with prices starting at $0.10 a cup. Fundraising with fairly traded products at an Easter or Christmas event. Equal Exchange also offers a line of products from Palestinian farmers in the West Bank, including organic olive oil, moftul, frika, and dates. For more information, visit equalexchange.coop backslash interfaith. That's equalexchange.coop backslash interfaith. Our guest for this special CBF podcast conversation is Roger Jasper. Roger is the Senior Pastor of Living Faith Baptist Fellowship in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Roger, thank you for joining the conversation. It's great to be here, Andy. Thanks. We find ourselves in a very unusual place. Uh, Kentucky's had its fair share of of snowstorms and flooding and tornadoes, but this is new territory for you. It's new territory for 
for all of us, at, at what point for you did you realize that this was something very different than what you've experienced before? Well, Andy, I'll tell you what, I've been bragging about this a little bit this week, as, as weird as that is, right? You know, um, uh, because I, I had a feeling last last weekend, and I told our media guy, um, you know, a, Sunday, a week before Sunday, uh, you know, we should sit down and talk about what this might look like if, if things intensified, that um, I'd read a good article on um, recently comparing this to the flu epidemic and uh, 1918, 1919, and the difference between different uh, cities and how they responded, and um, it, you know, and how St. Louis shut down churches. And you know, as a Baptist, that's so crazy to me, right? That the government would shut down your church, and you know, would you would you just soldier on? Would you uh, resist a tyrannical government, or would you say, well, okay, this is the right thing to love our neighbors. This is how we're going to care for our community is responding uh, responsibly. So we sat down last Monday. And start gaming out what we could do if, you know, at that time thinking sometime in the future, even hypothetically, if if we couldn't meet in person. And then, uh, of course, Wednesday, uh, the numbers were looking worse and worse. And I read another article or two. And then the governor came across and, and requested um, all churches not meet that Sunday. And uh, so our, to my mind, I, I think we were the first one in our county that called it. And uh, on, on Wednesday afternoon start communicating with leaders about not meeting this Sunday. So uh, for you, there's a, you know, I would say uh, a certain personal aspect of this, you know, uh, your father, your husband, um, you know, as, as you think about not just caring for your congregation, how has this impacted you personally? Well, I, I had told you um, when you and I were talking that we're in the middle of an adoption process right now. And, our child to be is in um, California, and uh, so we we'd already been making sort of tentative plans around what if we missed Easter, you know who's a really good guest preacher on Easter, you know, and kind of putting some some in advance plans in place, and uh, that's been the biggest stress for us personally is thinking about travel, thinking about businesses closing, uh, so in the midst of trying to pastor and pastor remotely thinking about, uh, you know, hotel stays and booking an Airbnb and traveling with my kids and, and keeping my wife and I healthy, not just for ourselves or our kids or to not infect the congregation, but if we have a newborn child in a couple of weeks. Well, certainly uh, as we've kind of, and it's already obvious, you know, this is a unique situation that churches are, are finding themselves in. How, how is your church beginning to come around this? Um, how are you adjusting? What, what resources are you providing for your congregation? Right. Um, we're, we're lucky in a couple ways because we're, you know, our church is only 15 years old. I've been the pastor there 10 years. There aren't a lot of 70 year old systems in place. You know, some of those are inherited. Sure. But uh, so we, we, we only hired this year an office assistant. You know, we're a small church. So we've had a virtual office always. So that's one gift that we've had is, you know, we have a, a, a Comcast Be Anywhere call forwarding. That's our church phone number. Uh, we use an online platform for planning our worship and stuff like that. Um, so that all of that was in place. We've been doing streaming, not doing great streaming, but doing streaming for a while. And so the the work and the stress this last week has just been kind of improving those systems and improving our process a little bit. How do we 
how do we engage uh, people in the congregation to contribute? Because I think that's one of the biggest challenges here is, you know, you can put together a, a, a product and put it out there to be consumed, but that's not being a church, right? Um, I think the bigger challenge is not just how do we get content to our congregation, but how do we engage our, con- our congregation to provide content? They can be a part of this. Uh, so what we're working on this week is setting aside maybe 20-minute uh, blocks for families to come in by themselves, people they've already been living with, you know, and do some, some readings of scripture or responsive readings or something. Um, and to record that and then have that available for our, our worship time or to, uh, you know, if it gets bad enough or, or if we feel like we need to, or if they feel uh, uncomfortable, just giving them instructions to record that at home on their cell phone and send it in uh, and then piecing these together so that it's not just we're turning out this real polished product to be consumed at home, but it's, it's the church scattered uh, contributing also. Every church can't, can't do everything. We can't be everything in this time. And certainly every church leadership has to decide what it can most effectively do. What are some things that maybe y'all aren't ready to put into place, but you are hearing that other congregations are doing um, that, that are helpful resources, helpful ways of connecting people during this crisis? Well, that's a good question. Um, you kind of turned around on me there. I'm going to go a different direction. Because um, here's what I'm going to say. I think you're set up to the question is really the point. Like we can't do everything. And I'm hearing a lot of pressure from my colleagues to replicate and replace everything that's going on traditional church life online somehow. And if this doesn't last two weeks, but this lasts two months or more, not only are you going to wear yourselves out, right, but we're going to wear our congregation out. If they feel like they've got to be at every online Bible study and every prayer group on Facebook and listen to every Facebook live of the pastor, you know, yammering on like we do, then uh, we're all just going to be, this is not going to be a restful. This could be a restful time if we give it the opportunity to be right. But if we're just pumping out content nonstop, you know, so you're sitting at home eight hours a day, listening to stuff from the church on Facebook. I don't know that that's helpful. I mean, there's no way to replace what is in-person church. So let's not try. Uh, I think the real point is to rethink, not just, not just, you know, altering the product itself, altering the, the, the items themselves, but rethinking what's our goal during this time. What do the, what does the congregation need right now? They need some opportunity to worship. They need some opportunity to study together. They need some opportunity to pray together. Uh, and, and not just filling a vacuum full of noise, but meeting those needs in a way that, that fits the media that we have available to us right now. Um, you know, I have a colleague who was, who started a, a morning devotional every morning, Facebook Live. It's like this person's going to be worn out if this goes on two months, completely worn out. I think you certainly bring um, unique wisdom into this that uh, maybe it's not about the amount of things we do, but about the intentionality by which we do things. You know, as you think around this theologically, uh, what are some of the implications that are rising to the surface for you as a minister and for your congregation as a whole? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, the easy one, the low, low-hanging fruit is the reminder to all of us, especially Baptists, 
that we call it a church, but it's a church house. That building, and we only got to build our building a few years ago after you know being a, a traveling church. That building is just that. I mean, it's not our church. Our church is the people. And we don't have to be in that building to be the church uh, to one another. Um, we can call and check on one another. We can share prayer requests. We can, um, you know, join each other online and and hit little heart emojis during the passing of a peace, which is what we did, we did this Sunday. And it's not perfect, but it's it's what we have right now, and it's it's an interpersonal touch. It's a connection to human beings uh, in the middle of isolation and fear sharing humor, sharing inspiration, sharing scripture with one another. Um, Roger, um, thank you for leading with prudence and intentionality in this very challenging crisis we find ourselves in. Thank you, Andy. This podcast is presented to you by the Center for Congregational Health. At the Center, we believe God has called and empowered congregations to change the world. For 25 years, Center consultants, coaches, and educators have been supporting congregations, clergy, and lay leaders as they meet the ongoing challenges of congregational life, including training ministers to manage transition, helping congregations work through polarizing conflict, coaching clergy to discover and utilize their gifts for ministry, and assisting congregations in discerning God's call to future missions and ministry. Center consultants and coaches don't dispense expert advice. Instead, they recognize the uniqueness of each congregation and work to create the space needed for God's people to discern and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Please visit our website, healthychurch.org, to learn more about the center and find the help you need in order to thrive in missions and ministry. Well, that's it. That's our conversation. Be sure to support our annual sponsors by visiting their websites at fuller.edu and healthychurch.org. Check out cbf.net for information about our church starters, field personnel, advocacy work, chaplains, and much more. Oh, and uh, one more thing. I don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but visit cbf.net backslash podcast support for ways that you can contribute to the CBF podcast conversations and get some pretty cool stuff in return. 